the most delightfully fascinating character in the realms of mystery, Charlie Chan. beautiful Lake Tahoe, Ellen Landini and Dr. Swan have been murdered. Suspicion had pointed definitely toward Dr. Swan, but with the finding of his body, all the guests at Pine View fall under renewed suspicion. In the eyes of the law, every person there had ample motive. Each could have killed the famous singer, and no one really has a satisfactory explanation of his or her actions at the time the crime was committed. Charlie Chan has questioned and re-questioned John Ryder, Landini's second husband. And finally, after considerable thought, the Honolulu detective bluntly accuses Ryder of thinking that he, Ryder, knows who murdered Landini. You must be out of your mind, Chen, to suggest such a thing. No, Mr. Ryder. I am not given to making rash accusations. You have been withholding vital information. You have told half-truth. These things you cannot deny. I've told you before, Chen. Neither you nor the entire police force can make me say what I don't wish to say. Then you have no desire to assist in the capture of the murderer. No wish to see Madame Landini's untimely death. Quite frankly, Chen, I really don't care. I freely admit that I hated her. She, she treated me as no one should treat a sick dog. A murderer can go scot-free for all of me. Mr. Ryder, I... I am ashamed of you. You do not realize the seriousness of your statement. But more than that, and more disappointing than that, your callousness ill becomes a man of your intelligence. Ill becomes a man moving in the society to which you belong. Come in. Oh, Mr. Ward. Dudley, James got the idea in the back of his head that I know who the murderer is. What? What's that? My exact words were, I believe, Mr. Ward, I have reason to believe that Mr. Ryder knows who murdered Madame Landini. Surely, uh, you must be mistaken, Chan. If John knew, uh, he would most certainly tell. So sorry to be in contradiction to you, Mr. Ward, but I disagree. Mr. Ryder would never tell. For once, Chan is right. But, John, that's a very curious attitude to take. A very serious attitude to take. Sorry, Dudley, but that's the way I feel. Well, if there's nothing else in the way of an inquisition, I'm going downstairs to join in a rubber of bridge. I'll join you in a moment, John. Hmm, something must have upset John Ryder. He isn't generally stubborn. Uh, tell me, Inspector, 
are we any nearer a solution? Mr. Ward, we are very close to solution. But as to being close to material evidence which will obtain for state a conviction, no, not so close. Come in. Here you are, Mr. Chandler. Good news for you. Yes? A letter postmarked Honolulu. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Beaton. I'm going down to arrange about lunch. If you need me, I'll be in the kitchen talking to Mrs. O'Farrell. Yes, Mr. Ward. Uh, no, do not go, Miss Beaton. Please sit down. Don and his father are on their way up. Oh, yes, here they are now. Splendid. Come in, Sheriff. Mr. Holt, honored that you should join us again. Am I excused for a moment while I read contents of letter from honorable mother of my children? Of course, Mr. Chan. That goes without saying. Here you are, Dad. Sit down by the window. Sure, thank you, son. Who brought you over, Mr. Holt? Cash. Cash Shannon, Don's deputy. I'll bet he suggested it. Well, son, now that you mention it, he did. I knew it. He heard there was a pretty girl over here, and he drove that old tin can just as fast as he could. I'll bet he only hit every second bump in the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Jan, good news from Punchbowl Hill? Yes, yes, Miss Beaton. <laughs> we have additional reasons for a speeding solution of Flandini's murder. Yes? I must soon leave for Honolulu to be in time for first birthday of son, I hope. Son, you hope. I didn't know you had a baby, Mr. Chan. Perhaps words first birthday are ambiguous. <laughs> Perhaps poor correct to say initial birthday. <laughs> <laughs> kind of anxious to get home, aren't you, Mr. Chan? Indeed, yes, Mr. Holt. Man gets very lonesome away from the center of family circle. <sighs> Larger that circle is more lonesome man gets, it seems to me. And I have very large family circle. Mrs. Chan and 11 children. Oh, tell us about them, Mr. Chan. What shall I say? <laughs> Mrs. Chan is most delightful person. Children, of them I am most fond and proud parent. Home itself, besides beautiful setting, a source of inspiration and constant source of joy. I'll bet it's beautiful. I'd like to see it. Perhaps someday you may. Oh, now, Mr. Chandler. Yes, I am serious. <laughs> However, we have business to discuss. I have had very strange interview with Mr. Ryder, which did nothing else but convince me that he thinks he knows who murdered Landini. He thinks our thing did it, eh? That is correct. He apparently has followed the same line of reasoning as we. But don't forget that Ryder was the one who might have tried to throw blame on Ah Sing by bringing up the fact that Ah Sing had broken his glasses. Yeah, but son, that wouldn't change the main point, that Ah Sing's glasses were broken, and that the fellow who mixed the cigarette box lids and fetched the wrong colored scarf wasn't seeing any too well. And that it's that is the disturbing element of Mr. Hugh Beaton's having heard Landini order someone to get her scarf. Darn it, if that boy sing don't quit cropping up in this case, it'll just naturally break my heart. May I say something? I don't think that Romano's surprise was very genuine when he learned that Landini had never signed her new will. 
The will in which she was to leave everything to Hugh. That is quite correct, Miss Beaton. One should remember that even if one wins the race, the torn sandal betrays the stumble. Romano should have realized that I would make discovery that he wrote Miss Meacher asking about said will. But look here, Inspector. If Romano had wanted to throw suspicion on anyone, he could have thrown plenty on our thing. That is true, Sheriff. Perhaps it is that Mr. Romano spoke truly when he said that he had given us clue, importance of which no one of us is able to grasp. Perhaps when you go Mackay, you had better send Mr. Romano to see me. Go Mackay? What's that? <laughs> Another word of my native Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> that you will have working knowledge of Hawaii before you make trip to paradise of Pacific. Mackay means below, down, underneath. Oh. No, on second thought, I shall accompany you. Ah. I perceive Mr. Romano entering own room. Oh, Mr. Chen. If a possible, I would like word with you. Certainly, Mr. Romano. I will join you all downstairs. Mackay. That's correct. <laughs> you are apt pupils. <laughs> Yes, Mr. Romano. Will you sit down, please? Uh, thank you. And what, Mr. Romano, is troubling you? Uh, Mr. Chan, uh, this news I have received, uh, this uh, fortune which have been dropped in my lap, so to speak, it have made vast difference in my life. A pleasant one, no doubt? Naturally. From a pauper I ascend suddenly to a man of property. What is my first reaction? To get away from this spot, lovely as it may be, to hasten to New York, to realize my inheritance, then to London, to Paris, the continent where I shall feel at home. I shall sit in the twilight, in the piazza of Venice, while the band plays music. Ah, yes, music. Perhaps again I shall conduct opera. Who knows? Oh, but I ramble. Uh, tell me, Mr. Chen. We unlucky ones uh, who cannot give a satisfactory account of ourselves. Uh, how long must we languish here? You must languish till guilty person be found. Then we may go. Those who are not concerned, yes. But one who had information, who perhaps assist in the arrest of the guilty, what of him? That one would, of course, be forced to linger here. Ah, oh, that would be so unfortunate for him. But then, I am not surprised... Long ago, I find that there is no justice in American law. And this information you have, Mr. Romano, which will assist in arrest of murder, what is it? I uh, do not understand, Mr. Chan. I thought, Mr. Romano, that what I asked you was really quite simple. This information which you fear may keep you here longer than you desire to stay, what is it? Oh, but you, you are mistaken, Mr. Chen. I do not have such information. I was merely asking, uh, shall we say, hypothetical questions. So sorry, Mr. Romano, but you are not telling truth. You have information. But to disclose same, you are afraid? Signor, you are attacking my honor. I am... Enough, please. You will not tell me? I have nothing to say, Mr. Chen. Later, perhaps, Mr. Romano. After I have received answer to wire sent to Madame Landini's lawyers in New York, you may change your mind. You, uh, you have a wire them? Well, what do you wire them? That, Mr. Romano, you shall learn in due course. One thing sadly lacking in this mystery is true motive for murder. If person knew that, 
he would benefit by death of Madame Lanzini, then that person would probably be arrested by police. But, the, but the Mr. Tanner, this is not a fair. It is outrageous, monstrous. Why should I, anyone, be... Ah, Mr. Romano. Lunch. Shall we go? Together? But perhaps I should not insist. Perhaps now you do not have very good appetite for lunch? So Romano has information and then attempts to deny it. And what of his alarm at the fact that Charlie Chan has wired Landini's New York attorneys? Your sponsor has a word for you, after which Inspector Chan will be with us again. have you in mind for tonight? Letter from my honorable wife, Mr. Wilson, is uppermost in my thoughts. I am reminded of Chinese emperor many centuries ago who was informed that efforts were being made to remove him from throne. He replied, the palace walls may crumble under the onslaught. The peacock throne may be occupied by usurper. My yellow jacket may be torn from my back. But if the wife of my youth remain true, I shall be yet an emperor. Thank you, Mr. Chan, and good night. <laughs> 